I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 142 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today we're reading the New Testament book of Mark, chapter 15, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the Gran Habano Corojo Number no. 5 Maduro in the Gran Robusto 6x54 Vitola. So let's go to the Grand Habano website and see what they have to say. The strongest blend in the Grand Habano profile, the filler consists of Nicaraguan and Costa Rican long, fill, long leaf tobacco with a Nicaraguan Habano binder, all held together by a noticeably dark, flawless, sun-grown Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper. The combination produces rich, full-bodied flavors of dark chocolate and hints of spice. And the Vitolas are, get ready because it's a long list, Churchill 7x48, Corona 6x44, Czar 6x66, Figurado 5x48, Gran Robusto 6x54, Grandioso 7x70, Imperial 6x60, Lancero 7.5x40, Lunch Break 4.5x40, Petite Corona, Pyramid 6.8x52, Robusto 5x52, Rothschild 4.5x50, Shorty Robusto 4x60, and the Triumph 7.5x58. And the body is full. Wrapper is Nicaraguan Maduro. Binder is Nicaraguan Habano. And the fillers are Nicaraguan and Costa Rican. That is the Gran Habano Corojo Number no. 5 Maduro.
So let's go ahead and get back into this week's reading of the book of Mark, chapter 15. I am reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV, and verse 1. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Spurgeon comments on verse 1, The whole Sanhedrin, that the whole Sanhedrin could be there so early in the morning, shows that wicked people are diligent in carrying out their sinful schemes. How much more diligent ought the followers of Christ be to give them him their devoted service? Let these wicked men who were so early in the morning, seeking to secure the death of Christ, make us ashamed that we are not more diligent in his blessed service. And back to Mark verse 2. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. And Spurgeon comments on verses 4 and 5, But Jesus still did not answer. We often will find that our highest wisdom when we are slandered will lie in the imitation of our Lord and Master. If we live a blameless life, it will be the best reply to the false charges of the wicked. And back to Mark verse 6. Now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And Spurgeon says about verse 20, They led him out to crucify him. It seems as if Christ had to lean on those who led him. The word led almost signifies as much. At least it was the word employed concerning anyone leading a child or a sick person who needed support. The Savior's weakness must have been apparent by that time. 
After the agony and bloody sweat in Gethsemane, and the night and morning trials being flogged and mocked, and the awful strain on his mind and heart as the sacrifice for sin, no wonder that he was weak. And back to Mark verse 21. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, Come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And Spurgeon comments on verse 32, So that we may see and believe. That is the world's way. But Christ's way is, Believe and you will see. Christ off the cross is admired by people of the world, but Christ on the cross is the hope and stay of believers. And back to Mark verse 33. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani? Which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders heard, hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And Spurgeon comments on verse 38, Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Even as the flesh of Christ, which is the curtain of the incarnate God, was torn, so now was the curtain of mystery taken away. The temple's curtain was torn. The old ceremonial law passed away with the tearing of the curtain. It was a strong, I might say a massive curtain. It could not have been torn by any ordinary means, but when the hand of God takes hold on the curtain, it readily tears and into the innermost mystery of the Holy of Holies we may gaze, yes, and through it we may enter. And back to Mark verse 39. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, 
This man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among who were, whom were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered, ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Spurgeon says about verse 43, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin. I have no doubt that Pilate was surprised that a member of the Sanhedrin should come and ask for the body of Jesus. When a little while before, he had put Jesus to death by the mandate of that very body. Back to Mark verse 44. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph brought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Mark. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. And the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And if you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at steve at theburningbushpodcast.com, which is linked in the show notes as well. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.